Welcome to the Sports Fan Radio podcast. We spoke with five-time boxing world champion Susie Q. Ramadan. Susie tried her hand at ballet and soccer before stepping into the boxing ring for the first time at age 26. And it's a welcome to Susie Ramadan, um, back to the Sports Fan Radio studios. And we're going to talk to her about her life, mainly in boxing. Um, Susie, is there anything in your background that someone could look at and say, oh, yeah, she'll be a boxer? Um, oh, possibly. I mean, as in, like, the, the, the my culture or the fact that of my past or something maybe, um, you know, bullied as a kid and then I sort of turned um, the opposite direction and I um, hung around with the wrong people and become a little bit of a fighter. I just sort of, you know... Um, fight back if that makes sense sort of self-defense and stuff like that um but yeah there, there probably could be some could see some points there that i could become a fighter uh, i had that um aggression and i was a bit of an angry girl because of because <laughs> of um obviously some challenges i had in life but yeah i mean there are time there are a lot of people where they never would have imagined it as well so um yeah having yeah, I think um, the challenges through my life, I think it's made me become a fighter and having the background, obviously, like, um, you know, I've got people in the family who also um, do kickboxing and a bit of boxing as well, so relatives and stuff. Okay. Um, I read that um, in your youth you'd been a dancer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I used to dance a lot. I mean, I still I love it. Um, I still dance when I... Um, you know, for fun and stuff. But, yeah, it was something I wanted to do growing up. How, how, how long did you do that for? Um, well, I started dancing but really, really young. So I uh, did that for many years, actually. Bit of a mix, did a bit of, um, bit of jazz, a bit of hip-hop, a bit of breakdance, <laughs> a bit of ballroom. So, yeah, a bit of a mix. And did you end up competing? Um, I did a few dance shows and stuff like that, but unfortunately, like, going to the dance schools and stuff, they were pretty expensive then and, um, you know, my parents were sort of, they were working pretty hard and uh, had to finish school and, and then get a job really early, like 14 and nine months or whatever it was. So, yeah, I think um, that sort of pushed me to get a job and, and get some money instead. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and then I read you also took up soccer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, like I got um, bullied a lot and um, I lacked that confidence and self-esteem and stuff like that. And um, my sister sort of noticed I was getting off track and hanging around with some, um, you know, some not so good people, you know, just getting up to all sorts of things. And um, so she, you know, pushed me to play a bit of soccer and stuff like that. So, um I, I was never interested in sport. Um, I mean, I always loved it, but I just, I'd, I'd prefer to just hang out with friends and stuff like that. And then um, the first year I was, I thought, I said, all right, I'll give it a crack. And the first year I was actually, I was actually shocking. <laughs> you know, I'd fall over the ball more times than I would actually kick it. So, but I think that's what pushed me to uh, work yeah, harder because I was going, I was letting the team down and I wanted to improve. It was kind of embarrassing. So, um, yeah, I worked harder and improved, and I actually won most improved that year. And 
year after year, I was getting best and fairest. So, <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was so good how, old, how old were you when you started? 19, yeah, I was 19 years old, around that age, around there, yeah. <laughs> and is it is it right that I read that but for a knee injury that you sustained, you might have been playing for Australia or might have been considered to train with Australian, the Australian side? Yeah, I was training and I, I played for the Nationals. I used to I used to, I used to play two games. Like I used to play the normal, um, you know, out the, the team that I was playing for, Premier League, and then also play for the Nationals. And um, it was, I, I mean, I didn't even know how I used to run for like two, so much for two games because I was obviously centre midfield or, or striker positions. Um, but, yeah, it's, I think the, the better you are um, at, I think, you know, the tackles become, you know, they, they want to tackle you a lot more. So, um, yeah, I had a few girls sort of tackling me at once and yeah, I'd done my knee <laughs> a couple of times. And, um, yeah, they told me um, probably not a good idea to continue playing. Otherwise, um, yeah, my leg could have got worse. And about what age did you finish up with soccer? Um, 24, I think it was. Okay. Yeah. I played about six years, I think, yeah. And uh, which team did you play with? I played for a different, uh, obviously, a few different teams. Um, Coburg, Heidelberg, you know, the Premier League teams at the time. So, Essendon Royals, yeah. Okay. And you came late to the world of boxing. <laughs> Yeah, I did actually. Um, you know, look, I did a little bit of kickboxing training and stuff like that, only to sort of get, you know, for fitness and stuff like that. Never uh, thought about competing. Um, I did get asked to compete, but I just wasn't interested. You know, I enjoyed playing soccer. But, um, yeah, I I just I found that competitive side in me in um, while playing soccer. And I just needed, you know, I was still sort of like, um, you know, so I, I just I love hanging out with, you know, I'm just one of those people who, you know, is friends with everyone and anyone and, and yeah, so I was still not, I still didn't have that 100% of discipline which I needed and, yeah, and my health and um, wasn't so good. I still had more challenges going on in life as well and I, I just I drove past a gym, a boxing gym once and I seen everyone training outside and I thought, you know what, maybe boxing might fix me up. <laughs> and um, I thought, oh, I could probably make millions too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I that's when I actually I, I got a friend to come with me for um, two weeks because I felt um, it was going to be intimidating and stuff like that. So um, I went in there initially just to train to get my health um, better and stuff like that. So, and, yeah, I just fell in love with it and... <laughs> but they weren't too keen on me at the start when I said, you know, I, I want to fight. So, <laughs> How long were you training before you had your first fight? Well, it was funny because, um, you know, they said, look, we were talking about some old school trainers who never, you know, trained a female before and there wasn't many girls at all boxing. So uh, they said, look, just train and, um, you know, train any time, get fit and, and learn everything and, you know, you can't fight, you're too small, you're a girl, you get hurt. And, um, yeah, so I was determined to sort of prove them wrong and first one in the gym, last one out and trained, you know, so hard and 
it only took about, I think, six months until they turned around and said, oh, uh, you, you want to fight? And I said, yeah, this was I was waiting for. <laughs> so, yeah. And in that first fight, uh, how many rounds were you fighting over? Well, that was our amateurs, so it was only three rounds. Um, I think we started off with one-and-a-half-minute rounds. So, yeah, yeah. There wasn't a lot of girls back then, and obviously yeah, we didn't have uh, female Olympics as well, so I only got to have, like, seven or nine amateur fights. And then, um, yeah, and, and I turned and I turned professional, and then a year later that's when they accept the women in the Olympics and stuff, which... Um, which I'm bummed about because I am pretty confident I could have won gold, but you know I can't complain because I don't I did really well in the um in the professional. So yeah. And and is that because you turned professional and at that stage you could only box in the Olympics if you were an amateur? Yes, yes. So I think now they've kind of changed it. I think now some amateurs can fight in. I mean, the professionals can fight in the Olympics. So, but at, but at that time then, they were only just allowing women to fight in the Olympics and they only have like certain weight, um, weight divisions as well. So, yeah, it was only amateurs then. Must, must be very upsetting to see the Olympics allowing, say, NBA basketballers, allowing them to play in the basketball tournament, but you being unable to box because you've turned professional. Yeah, yeah, I know it does. Um, yeah, it's uh, you see other sports, it's yeah, but unfortunately, it wasn't the way for boxing, which, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I just, um, I wish I had of like had more amateur fights only because it would have been, you know, I'm I confident that I would have won uh, gold, but and it would have been good to have won gold before turning professional, having that, you know, background, but. Like I said, you know, I've done extremely well in a professional boxing. So, um, yeah, I'm happy about that. What age did you have your first fight? Can you remember? I think it was 26. Yeah, 20, 25, 26. Mm. And how long after that first fight did you turn professional? How many, how many years? Um, I think it was only like a year and a half. Or something like that. So, okay. yeah. Like one of the boys, um, like I had a chance to fight for you know, the, the Australian title in the amateurs, but one of the boys at our gym was having a professional fight on the same weekend or same night and, and my coach couldn't be at two places at once. So he said, well, you know, there's no women in the Olympics now, so you might as well turn professional and, and fight on the same card as, as the other guy. And I said, yeah, cool. And um, yeah, so <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing how circumstance dict dictates what happens, isn't it? With your coach giving you that advice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you know, I, I guess it's sort of like um, it's whatever pathway is is destined to be. You know, so that was the pathway for me. And were you able when you were an amateur? Was it fairly easy to get fights against other women? No, no, it was actually pretty hard. I mean, you could turn up to the fight day and, um, you know, your, your opponent won't turn up uh, because also because it's like there's not, there wasn't any in Melbourne and it's like they had to, you know, come from another state and it's hard because I think the amateurs have sort of got to pay their own way as well. So um, 
yeah, I mean, that's why I didn't have as many fights because there wasn't many girls um, involved in boxing when I got into it. So, which made it hard. In your gym that you were training at, how many female boxers were training with you? No, it was only me. So I was... <laughs> you were the only one. Yeah, I was the only one. So I was one of the boys, you know, I was training with the boys and sparring. Most of the time I sparred the boys because there obviously wasn't many girls around, which was good for me anyway because um gave me a lot of experience. And, you know, um, I think that was that's what played a big part in me, um, being a good mover as well because I've had to sparring the boys. You don't want to get hit by the boys because obviously they hit harder. So, <laughs> yeah. So, a little bit of self-preservation. Yeah, exactly. So I have always had to be on my toes. <laughs> um, when you turned professional, did it become easier to get fights when you first turned professional? Um, not necessarily, but, like, it was sort of like you couldn't be picky. You just take whatever fight you can get. So, in other words, like, um, you know, I fought girls who were a lot bigger than me. Um, so I'd have to jump on the scales with all my clothes on and maybe some coins in my pocket to sort of, you know, make the weight. Or, um, I mean, I, I remember even fighting like two weeks in a row because it was like you just want to take those fights when they come up because, it, it, you know, because there wasn't so many girls and I was fighting more international girls um, because there wasn't as many in Australia. Is there any difference between the numbers competing in the amateur female ranks and the professional female ranks? The what, sorry? Is there any difference in the numbers that actually compete in amateurs versus professional in the female ranks? Um, I think back then, I think there was a bit more amateur girls than what there was professional. Um, but now there is a lot more in amateurs and professional. And I've noticed that a lot of the amateurs um, are turning professional a lot more they're not staying in the amateurs as, as long um you know and there's some i mean i'm hearing that they're not going to have boxing in olympics anymore and stuff like that so that could be another reason as well but but i think the more because the more of us that turn professional i think it pushes sort of the amateurs to want to turn professional as well compared with and let's just fast forward to today compared to when you first started in the boxing game are there many more women competing now yeah there's a lot more now yes yeah, so much more now and um and it's it's almost like i can't even keep up so um with all the girls because there is so much so many of them okay yeah. now you fought for your first title the super bantamweight in 2009 um how long had you been professional before you fought for the first title? Was that for the, I mean, the WBF world title? Or yeah. Was it the, the Australian title was, I think, my fourth fight. And I think I had, um, oh, man, I can't even remember my record. But, um, yeah, there was, I had a quite a fair bit of fights before I got my first world title fight. I know that. I got over 10 fights, I think. Um, and then when I got, like, the major IBF title, like, I had, like, over 15 pro fights before I uh, fought for the world title, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm interested that you only had four fights before you fought for an Australian title. That seems like an awfully accelerated um, 
scaling to the top of the top of the pops yeah i think one reason being because obviously there wasn't as many girls and and secondly it was like well uh, I think the team sort of know, knew, like, they could. I had the skills um, to get out there and fight for a world. I mean, an Australian title in my fourth fight. So um, I'm a skillful boxer, and I think that's one of the reasons. But they didn't want to rush me too much for the world titles. They just wanted me to get, obviously, some more experience. So you, t- you talked about the IBF and the WBF. There's also the WBC and the IBA when I look at, the various titles that you've held for somebody like me who likes boxing but isn't into the finities of of divisions um what's the difference between ibf wcd wbf they seem to be all world titles but run are they run by different organizations yes they're run by different organizations and um you know all these uh titles they've sanctioned all they've been around for a long time but when you talk about WBC and IBF, they're sort of like cream on the crop, you know, they're like right on, on the top mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to world titles. So it's almost like um, this case, it's, I, I think there's too many titles, to be honest. I think they should just keep it, um, you know, with only a couple of titles. But but it's almost, it's good in a way to sort of the levels, I think, um, fighting for the different titles. Um, so when it comes to obviously fighting for the big titles like the WBC and IBF, it's sort of they're, they're, it's more competitive. You got um, you know better quality fighters. And the first title you won was super bantamweight. What what actual weight weight is it? What weight do you have to fight at for super bantamweight? Super bantamweight is about fifty five point five kilos, and um, I've never weighed 55.5 kilos in my life, uh, so I was lighter than that. Um, but, you know, that was an opportunity there and I took it. But, yeah. Um, and then you won a bantamweight title. Uh, for those who don't know, is super bantamweight or bantamweight a heavier weight? Super bantam's a heavier weight, so that's 55.5 kilos and um, bantamweight's 53. Five, I think, um, yeah, around there. So, and that was my walk around weight anyway. So that worked well for me, the bantamweight division. So, if you're fighting super bantamweight, that means given what weight you were, you'd be running into fighters who would be heavier than you. Yeah, they'd be a lot bigger because a lot of well, most fighters they um, cut a lot of weight to make a weight division. So when you get in there, they're obviously a lot heavier and stuff like that. But um, look, I mean, I did fight a girl that I think she was lightweight or something. So that's over sixty kilos, I think. So um, that was just a just a just a normal fight, though. Like, but even still, like it's a lot of a lot of weight difference. And so it was just to get to ex- the experience and stuff. Um, so even now, like you know, fighting a bit. When I fought at Bantamweight, even those girls are coming heavier because obviously they, you know, cut weight to make Bantamweight, whereas I sort of walk around, was walking around at that weight. Makes it a little bit harder, but, you know, I just use my speed. <laughs> and you currently hold a title? Uh, my last title I won was obviously before the lockdown COVID. That was a WIBA and that's in super flyweight. So that's a division down again. <laughs> 
I've gone from super bantam to bantam to super fly, and that's at 52 kilos, yeah. Okay. And so of all your title fights, which one's been the hardest? Um, I think the WBC International um, fight with Alicia Graff and the WBC Bantamweight World title with the supposedly transgender. <laughs> yeah, so both of those fights were the hardest, I think. Alicia Graff because it was very experienced. You know, she was a lot bigger than me and, you know, she was strong. She was a strong girl, experienced, and um, yeah, it was just a very exciting non-stop action fight. And um, you know, she she came to fight. She really did. So I think that showed where I, I, you know, I could get hit and come back and and not be phased by it, and, and you know, and still still be able to win the fight. And and then against obviously you, Santa Corn, who. Um, is a transgender for the WBC world title. That was pretty tough, uh, knowing that the power behind Santa Corn. So, <laughs> okay. And your super flyweight title you won in February 2020 when yeah. when you were 40. That's that's a terrific effort to win a world title at that age. Yeah, and the girl was like half my age as well, so she came out pretty hard uh, from the first bell. So, um. Yeah, it was it was it was a good fight. It gave me um, yeah, ring rust out because I hadn't fought a year before that. But yeah, no, it was good. I mean, um, to to be able to sort of beat girls younger than me, it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, not only that, you've got longevity in the sport as well because your first title was in two thousand and nine. It's now twenty twenty two, and you're gearing up for another title fight. Um, Thirteen years is a long time in the boxing game. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but I think it's more so because I've looked after myself over the years. You know, I eat good, I sleep good, I recover well. You know, I haven't had, I've never been knocked out or badly hurt in sparring and and, and, and the fights and boxing and stuff like that. So I think that uh, makes a difference. I think that when you get hit too much um, or knocked down and stuff like that, that can age you a lot in boxing. So and, um, yeah, and I've just been smart. It's all about that quality training. And if I get, like, a little kind of injury, like a sore, you know, um, knuckle or something, I'll let it rest and then, you know, let it get sorted and then get back in. Well, your record speaks for itself at the, this stage from what I can see from uh, the records. 31 fights for 28 wins, 12 by knockout and only three losses. So that's a, that's a terrific record to have over an extended period. Yeah, yeah, it's been a great journey, that's for sure. Um, and the three losses are all in Mexico, unfortunately. <laughs> so the moral of the story is uh, if you're having a fight, don't have a fight in Mexico. <laughs> you know what, I'll probably go there again. Only <laughs> that bloody win. <laughs> so when I spoke to you last, um, your next fight was scheduled for 26th of June, but I understand... Um, it won't happen on that date. Yeah, unfortunately, we've got to change the date now because um, there's been a few girls who, you know, we called out to fight and they haven't been interested in fighting and so they don't, they don't want to fight me yet. They said they're not ready. So, um, 
yeah, we've just got to, we're looking for another opponent. And once we get one, then, yeah, then we'll know for sure. How hard was it during the COVID lockdowns to harness your mind to continue to train? Because there's plenty going on without thinking about training. Did that help get you through it all? I think it, for me, it's like, I've learned really well that, like, you can't control what happens in life, you know. You can only control what's within you and what you can do and what's in your control. So um, I love training anyway. So uh, for me it was like, well, this is just another challenge and it just pushed me to train even harder, really. And it gave me the time to sort of recap on things and go back to the basics and practice some other stuff as well. So, yeah, I mean, I always try to see the negative with the positive and, and do things um, that way. So made it hard because obviously, you know, lockdown, you couldn't get to the gym or, um, you know, you couldn't couldn't get fights, which I would have liked to have, you know, gotten some fights during that time. But, you know, it is what it is and you just keep moving. For those who don't know, a title fight is over how many rounds? Ten rounds for women, uh, females, so it's ten by two-minute rounds, yeah. No fight on the 26th of June. Has a new date been fixed for uh, when you might fight again? Yeah, so, look, we're looking around that, like, early July. Um, so we've the, whole, the promoter had to change a date because of, um, yeah, the girls obviously rejecting to fight me, so, um, which sucks for him because he's got to move everything around. Um, but... Yeah, there's not much else we can do unless until, you know, uh, we can get someone who will, who's willing to fight me. Okay, and will that be a title fight or will that just be a warm-up fight? Well, this is a tune-up warm-up fight um, because we're looking at getting a world title after this one. Um, so I definitely tune-up. It's been a while since I've been in the ring. Um, I mean, look, not to say if an opportunity come up and it was a title fight, I'll take it. But, um, yeah, but... At the moment now, I mean, that's what we're looking at doing. It's getting that warm-up fight in and, and hopefully get that title this year. Okay, Susie, thanks very much for being with us today and talking about your career in boxing. Much appreciated. And we wish you all the best once that uh, title next title date's fixed and we'll be looking at that with great interest. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Sports Fan Radio podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and tell a friend. You can get more Sports Fan Radio at our YouTube channel.